Welcome to the TerraWorld Space Podcast. This is Aravin. In this podcast, I speak to entrepreneurs, innovators, and thought leaders in an attempt to demystify Earth observation, satellite data, and all its applications. All right, we've got an interesting episode today. I know I say that for most episodes, but this one's actually quite interesting because we're talking about a strategy that not many companies have pursued in Earth observation, starting as a product company and offering solutions based on EO data, and then deciding to go up the value chain and launch proprietary satellites. We've got only a handful of companies who decided to go in this direction, and Satchure, a startup from India, is one of them. Satchure, based in Bangalore, develops EO-based products for agriculture, banking, financial services, insurance, and infrastructure sectors. I've already had Satchure's CEO Prateep on the podcast, episode number 32, but in this episode I wanted to dive deep into how and why they decided to launch their own high-resolution multispectral satellites with onboard processing capabilities. I'm speaking with Karthik, General Manager of Satsure, and Akash, CTO of Caladio, which is a subsidiary of Satsure, focused on building payloads. We talk about why Satsure decided to launch its own satellites, the state of pricing of satellite imagery, and whether that evolution is suitable for the developing world, onboard processing and what that brings, how all of this relates to the company's existing product portfolio, and more. And now I bring you Akash and Karthik. Hi Akash, hi Karthik, thanks for being on the podcast. Hi Arvind, uh, it's a pleasure, thank you for having us here. Brilliant, so let's get started. I'll ask the same question to each of you, uh, just to understand your background. So maybe Karthik, you want to get started? Uh, what's your story and how did you end up doing what you're doing now? I also started like any other engineer in India. I uh, graduated from Chennai in electronics and communications engineering, that was my undergrad. From there, I uh, no, I completed uh, uh, the, the, the graduation and then I moved ahead uh, to work in uh, uh, Germany for uh, some time. Uh, I came back to India and worked for a VSAT company in uh, Delhi for a few years. And then I met Prateep in one of the conferences where uh, he asked me, hey, why don't you come and join us? For a detour, I joined here as a software engineer, data scientist. And then I you know, worked through all the uh, verticals which was built within Satsure. I was leading something and I was at one point chief operating officer. Now I'm a general manager for one of the product verticals where I'm driving both product and revenue. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Karthik Akash. How about yourself? I see uh, you have a background in ISRO, correct? Uh, yeah, like so. Like I had like a conventional journey, I would say, because uh, I did uh, my undergrad in aerospace engineering uh, and then went on to work as an integration engineer at the Vikram Sarabhai Space Center of uh, ISRO, which was basically uh, building launch vehicles. And uh, I was uh, mainly uh, focused or uh, leading the team uh, to uh, integrate uh, the payload fairings and for few missions I was also involved in integration of uh, satellites. So I worked for like 15 to 20 odd uh, launch vehicle missions uh, both with payload fairings and satellites and which dragged my interest into satellites uh, and led me to pursue masters in uh, satellite engineering and uh, yeah like uh, after my masters I uh, Worked at ISRO for a couple of years uh, and uh, I decided to deep dive uh, more into technology of uh, satellite systems and that landed me uh, into a PhD uh, focusing research into deployable optical payloads uh, which I'm still pursuing at the University of Auckland Uh, and while I started my PhD in the peak of pandemic from India I got in touch with Prateep uh, who was my senior from undergrad and we discussed a lot about uh, the data products, what Satchua was building 
and the challenges in the data from the point of view of uh, payloads or even the satellite uh, systems itself and this kind of aligned with the research that i was doing and hence i started working uh, with prateep and my colleague arpan as well who joined later and uh, it's like every one of us are linked from the same undergrad institute like uh, all of us are ka- are coming from uh, indian institute of space science and technology which was uh, this which is the space tech specialized institute here in india and yeah like i mean uh, this is where i am like currently leading uh, technology here at uh, caladio uh, working alongside uh, with uh, satsure all right sounds good i wanted to start with you know a question about satsure itself uh, i've already had an episode with prateep before but just so people get an idea of what satsure is could any of you give an overview of what the company is and you know what you're up to basically satsure is a a uh, deep tech decision intelligence uh, company so it when i if i have to split the words deep tech so that means we are at the cutting edge or uh, what do you say the cusp of where data science earth observation that is the remote sensing engineering and along with the software uh, engineering comes into uh, a picture so uh, what are we trying to solve here anything and a- everything which can be solved through uh, geospatial uh, tools and technologies which our have been up to this time is what satsure is trying to do or attempting to do a lot of places we have been successful uh, so what are the industries if i say we are uh, serving that would be uh, uh, bfsi especially and uh, within bfsi we start satsure itself is started to solve the agri agri loans for the banking industry so that is what agriculture is our strongest portfolio with the technologies which we have built over the years uh, since uh, 2018 that is when we have we established satsure so apart from that uh, currently we have spun off satsure uh, products into uh, different other verticals let's say satsure skies which is uh, dealing with infrastructure utilities and uh, Uh, other other uh, high resolution analytics uh, data sets uh, and uh, other vertical which is uh, more of aligned to uh, sdg goals of uh, you know un where uh, uh, climate change carbon estimation of biomass uh, drought uh, prediction flood estimation and all those uh, other things so these are our three primary verticals fair enough makes sense so so just so people get an idea so satsure started us Uh, a software-driven company that was developing products derived from satellite data, and then um, you know created the couple of platforms that um, Pathik mentioned, and then also decided to get into satellite manufacturing and to launch your own satellites. Correct. So that's kind of the overall story, and that brings me to really the the question about why, in the first place, did you decide to launch your own satellites? wasn't the existing imagery not enough um you know was it too expensive or did you not have enough uh, imagery over your areas of interest how did the conversation of or how did the decision of you know you know what we want to launch our own satellites how did that come about yeah uh, so i think this was back in late 2019 or early 2020 uh, when we had a couple of customers who approached Uh, with interesting use cases which required high resolution uh, optical multispectral data itself right and uh, we did acquire uh, data from uh, existing uh, sources which 
had its own uh, issues which i can uh, i'll come to about uh, in some time uh, but uh, at the end uh, we were able to build a successful uh, solution and the customers were happy but the price point uh, of the solution was dominated the price point of the data itself like around 70 to 80% of the solution was the data cost so yes that was the first step or the first reason why uh, uh, we started to think about uh, having uh, our own assets uh, because building uh, solutions using high resolution data uh, sitting in india uh, the unit economics at which the current uh, date uh, current price point at which uh, the data is uh, made available uh, doesn't basically close the business case uh, here right and uh, that that made us uh, like uh, start working on can we actually go ahead and uh, do this uh, because even uh, i think in 2016 2017 market research firms predicted that due to oversupply or increasing supply of high resolution images the prices will go down but even now if you check up uh, the price point of high res data uh, it's somewhere around on an average uh, 24 25 per square kilometer depending upon whether it's stashed archived and a lot of different things and this hasn't reduced over time a lot and this is mainly because the demand uh, is not elastic uh, due to uh the uh, introduction of uh, the government or uh, defense uh, requirements and uh, this inelasticity between supply and demand uh has uh, led to uh, the high concentration of uh, high resolution uh, data to be supplied only by very few players uh, which basically controls uh, the price itself right and uh, apart from pricing uh, we even faced uh, availability uh, issues uh, because uh, most of the data as i mentioned uh, is uh, basically reserved uh, for tasking for uh, the defense uh, use cases so if we want to go for any task uh, requirements uh, basically we are almost at the bottom end of the queue uh, here with any uh, satellite uh, operators and the third was uh, on the quality and specs like uh, even though we have uh, the new marketplaces or platforms Uh, who are solving the issue of accessibility to the uh, data uh, but what we have found is uh, some of these uh, platforms basically uh, process uh, the high resolution data and during the uh, processing certain uh, like artifacts or saturation uh, is observed in the data making it uh, very difficult for us to scale uh, our solutions right and uh, also like when we talk about uh, the operations or the quality like uh, as karthik mentioned most of our applications are large area data analytics right and uh, currently when we talk about uh, any high resolution sensor available out there the highest swath that you get at around 1 1.5 meters is like 25 uh, kilometer like uh, swath is basically the region of uh, coverage or mm-hmm. field of view uh, yeah. right uh, so th- that kind of created an issue for us like uh, if you want to cover an area of say uh, like a city of hyderabad which is in the southern part of india and an area of what like 650 700 square kilometer it it would take multiple number of passes 
to cover that uh, area and we are specifically looking at nadir pointing images because uh, most of our applications uh, do require identification of features and this particular orientation of imaging where we look straight down from the satellite uh, is uh, actually essential right so even to cover like a city of hyderabad it would take like more than some 15 to 20 passes with uh, existing swath of say 10 to 12 kilometer of uh, sensor uh, and uh, also like we <laughs> interestingly we did approach a new space uh, satellite operator uh, who are still uh, building on like and who are still uh, uh, basically i would say learning on how to disseminate uh, data as well uh, and it took us uh, i think uh, some over 60 email exchanges and over a month uh, to finally get the data that we wanted right so all this makes it very difficult to meet uh, the slas uh, with our uh, client uh, which basically prompted us uh, to have our own uh, assets and one of the final uh, point uh, that i can think of uh, was sometime around one year back or in i think it was in december 21 when uh, uh, the sentinel 1b satellite failed in orbit because of some power issues right and uh, currently most of our uh, agri banking uh, business uh, product which is uh, satsure sage uh, is completely dependent on uh, sentinel's uh, uh, series or copernicus uh, program Uh, so uh, it is a risk that we see for uh, business continuity in case for any given reason the data from uh, those satellites is not available uh, we should have our own uh, source of uh, eo data all right okay i think that's uh, that makes sense i think that's very interesting and i think there are several points to to talk about here um the first thing that i want to address is do you think this is a function of satsure being in india if satsure was based in the us and europe you don't think you would have come to the same conclusion um because i i was you know i was talking about it recently in another podcast where uh, i mentioned that there there'll be a lot of localized solutions built in india um i was talking mostly about the downstream side but based on what i'm hearing uh, from you about the need uh, and also from a priority point of view you kind of down the list so essentially it means that because you're based in india uh, and you know our cities are laid out in a way that are huge and one single pass cannot make it it seems like um you know the conclusion that you came to was also because you're based in india is that a fair assumption yeah like i mean uh, that is one of the uh, primary reason i would say because uh, if we were based out of say uh, in the us or in the europe and uh, building similar uh data products uh, using high resolution uh, data uh, it, it might have been that we were we would be able to close the business case uh, because of uh, the yeah, ability to pay would be high pay, for our customers yeah, as well yes exactly that's right i mean uh, here uh, li- like you mentioned uh, we are very close to our customers uh, we basically sit with them try to understand uh, their problems Uh, and basically deliver solutions uh, and not just analytics or insights uh, to them so based on uh, our solutions they can take uh, better decisions uh, in a given uh, time scale and even the time scale is uh, very important for certain use cases which i think kartik might uh, touch upon 
but yeah I, i think if we were based out of uh, the us uh, it would have been uh, possible that uh, we could have sourced the data uh, from the existing uh, providers uh, but it again makes uh, a case like where, where are we uh, servicing like uh, if we wanted to scale from the us to uh, economies or geographies like uh, india or uh, other developing uh, regions Uh, it would be again difficult by setting in the US. Sure, hundred percent. Yeah, and the the need for localized solutions and the need for building, um, you know, yeah, like I said, custom solutions that work in India and in the developing countries. Fair enough, makes sense. Uh, another follow up question is: you talked about the pricing and how you know the graphs suggested, and you know, I got into the industry in twenty seventeen, so I have seen the same uh, graphs as well, uh, yeah. and it seems like. you know there there could be two things can be true right a the price of imagery did come down but b it was not enough for servicing in markets like india so both of these things could be true maybe the price of imagery did come down but it did not come to a you know point where it became a zero marginal cost because it's clearly not uh, you know it's 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 a big part of the you know the the product development so maybe both of these things are true but what i wanted to ask was do you then expect um you know a second wave of companies coming up um that will then push the prices down even further like like what you're doing because the reason that i'm asking is will we ever get to a point where um the price of imagery will be or especially high resolution imagery will be cheap enough to build applications at scale i i think this is a classic chicken and egg problem that i see here uh, where uh, downstream companies are not able to scale uh, applications uh, using high res data because of the exorbitant data costs which are passed on to the customers uh, and the opera- uh, operators are not able to reserve uh, capacity or reduce the pricing because there is no clarity on the continued requirements of data f- uh, for commercial use cases so someone has to take uh the big step here <laughs> and fr- from us like fortunately since we were very close uh with our customers we believe that we understand the use case very well uh, and uh, we have uh, found uh, those particular uh, verticals uh, in which we can scale uh, our uh, solutions uh, by using uh, this uh, high resolution uh, data so like hopefully uh, as we as we have more players like this who, who are able to scale uh, the commercial use case of uh, high resolution data i hope this will convince the operators to shift their focus uh, from the requirements of defense and large gov- government institutions who have, who basically have very deep pockets uh, to the uh, commercial uh, users uh, down the line Uh, i would like to bring a little bit uh, perspective here more than anything uh, in the high resolution satellite imagery analytics what the customer looks at is like how much value it is actually going to bring them how much or if we put it another way how much cost it is going to save on their let's say operations or any any other overheads so that is the classic uh, valuation metrics which they apply to this problem let's say if uh, our solution uh, it's a the entire solution cost let's say 100000 dollars where it can save a million dollars by applying that solution they they are very well uh, you know willing to pay for that imagery which is like 32 uh, uh, sorry 60 to 65% of the entire analytics cost itself 
so i i think it is all about like how much cost saving saving you would bring for them along with other things which uh, which akash was uh, telling whether they have deep pockets or are they working in an industry which requires that many millions to be put into the project let's say construction of a road over like hundreds of kilometer that is a huge cost but if there if you if they could save a few million by spending few thousands of dollars then i think that's a win win for the commercial industry compared to the like let's say defense sure makes sense uh, and obviously you know the the focus and you know the main motivation for you was to close the business case and in a way that you know you can service your customers in a way they want so that was kind of your main motivation as well um so akash i'm curious how did you make the decision with respect to the sensor uh you know if you were to put your engineering hat you know you could do you know 100 different things you could launch uh you know this sensor you could have this spatial resolution you could have that temporal resolution you can include probably you know a couple more sensors in the same constellation so when you were designing the uh yeah basically the architecture how did you make the decision with respect to the sensor and and maybe you can also talk about it uh if if you're open to talking about you know what your configuration looks like right yeah uh, that's a good question like i mean uh, if you give any engineer uh, unlimited uh, uh, <laughs> like capital uh, available and unlimited time then yeah we, we can look to see what's the best that we can achieve but yeah like uh, coming back to the point here we basically started out by talking to our uh, product team like kartik here and uh, to understand what are the different use cases the business cases uh, i listed down the specifications that might be required for each of those uh, use cases like hey can we solve this particular use cases uh, uh, use case uh, using a data of around 1 meter resolution or does it require uh, like a 50 cm resolution data and what's the frequency and turnaround time to deliver the product to our customers and what are the different geographies that we are uh, looking to uh, expand right and b- based on these then we talked uh, to our uh, data scientists and remote sensing scientists to basically derive the required uh, data quality specs such as say like signal to noise ratio or uh, where the data can get saturated depending on the brightest object that we need to image Uh, or what's the darkest object that we need to spectrally resolve right uh, and uh, based on this we came to conclusion that yeah like 90% of our use cases uh, can be solved using uh, multispectral uh, data optical data of around uh, 1 meter uh, ground resolution right and uh, we looked at uh, the available uh, sensors and sensor technology out there uh and uh, found that yeah like the, we either had to take in like existing uh, payloads out in the market put multiple of them and uh, see how to stitch the data or we build our own uh, payload with some innovative uh, technique uh, to have that high swath high res uh, data product that we were aiming for right and uh, then it was basically a tug of war uh, i would say uh, between our uh, payload engineer uh, mission requirements team and uh, data requirements to arrive an optimal uh, mission configuration uh, and uh, we settled at uh, a fleet i would say a fleet uh, not a constellation because we are looking to launch uh, four microsatellites 
uh, in a very low earth uh, orbit uh, sun synchronous polar orbit uh, and uh, image at around 1 meter to be very precise it's 1.2 uh, at raw uh, like image uh, data spec which we can definitely bring it down to 1 or just under 1 meter uh, and this this mission configuration allows us to revisit uh any point on earth uh in uh, nordic pointing configuration at around 10 days which basically uh like meets all our uh, sla requirements and if required uh, if there's any other customer who just requires the op optical data and not uh, analytics we can go off nordic and uh, with four satellites we can achieve one to two days uh, revisit uh, as well i see okay fair enough makes sense uh I want to go to Karthik so Karthik from your customer point of view because you I'm assuming that the product line that you're leading sets your skies that is you know focused on infrastructure monitoring among others would probably be the first customer of this data coming from the satellites that are going to be launched correct so if you're going to be the first customer how you know how are you looking at growing your product line based on this new data set that's coming and what other use cases uh, do you think this is going to open for uh, for the company i uh, we can also look at the question in a different way because the caledio uh, came into being through the inputs or to serve the requirements of satsure skies itself as their first anchor customers sure. which is in house based on the learnings which we have done with the customers over the years even if have, we have not serviced them for the past uh, you know in the initial days and then only now we started okay let's uh, start servicing them enough of uh, customer learning and of course we are doing the customer learning every day so one of the biggest advantages for us would be to get a large quantity of images to train our algorithms itself because even to do that now we have to purchase imagery in house which is uh, in in tech in, in terms of operations it is a sunk cost but it is not actually it is an r&d cost but when we have our own satellite when we have our own uh, you know repository we can train as much as we want or uh, uh, no we can start looking at certain type of features and keep capturing images if it's like if you have your own phone camera you can do whatever you want type so that is our biggest advantage and the next comes like the <coughs> type of use cases which we can build with the, with the you know uh, uh, type of use cases which we can build and take it to the customer and propose that this would work for you compared to the traditional uh, or conventional methodologies which we are uh, which you guys are using so when i say that uh, traditional in traditional industries where the conventional methods are followed let's say even in banking okay which is like the oldest business uh the mortgage loans which which for the infrastructure housing loan or uh, things like that people actually send send their team members on the ground to measure the height of the building and how much because based on that milestone payments are released right that is how the industry is if a particular bank is like uh, uh so servicing a large number of uh, uh, the projects and which is spread across the city how do you manage that project so with a single swath single scene uh, captured in a single day we would be able to give the analytics immediately so here time comes into the factor without much effort so these are the new use cases which we are trying to solve yeah of course i think that's coming it's becoming like the next big thing uh, in the industry so how do you can you talk about 
capabilities of onboard processing, Akash. So what's possible today? Because we're hearing a lot of things from what is possible. But what is the status quo today in terms of what is possible to process uh, onboard? And, you know, how do you hope to improve that with your constellation? To be honestly, like what we have realized uh, and believe is that uh, edge processing makes sense uh, when we have a repeated use case uh, for a customer and we precisely know what the end solution looks like and we are very sure that the raw data or the imagery is not required again, right? Uh, like say for example, uh, in our case for the agri-banking product uh, where we have the credit score report uh, for a particular farm, we, we know what parameters are uh, in that uh, credit report uh, and how do we generate uh, those uh, parameters. And uh, we know uh, over what frequency such reports have to be generated for a specific uh, region, right? Uh, only then uh, it makes sense uh, for uh, edge processing uh, for a given image then. And for us, considering that we have a very uh, wide swath uh, of around uh, 65 uh, kilometers, the amount of pixel data that we are generating on board is quite huge. Uh, it's enormous, right? And uh, for, for anything related to say if there's a cloud or if there's any uh, unusable pixels because of haze, blur, etc. Yes, like we look to leverage uh, edge processing uh, to just reject the unusable data and downlink only the usable ones. Uh, and the other interesting use cases are like say uh, if we are looking to monitor uh, a large uh, set of roads or uh, highways or motorways, right? These the span across regions or like run into hundreds of kilometers. And But in that given wide uh, scene, uh, we are interested only in that narrow strip of uh, roads. So what we can look is like you just add a buffer zone around that interested uh, region and reject all of the data and downlink only the region of uh, interest. And all this is possible only because of uh, advancement of uh, GPUs, miniaturization of uh, GPUs. We have VPUs as well, visual processing uh, units by Intel. Uh, then you have uh, Coral or TPUs. A lot of stuff uh, coming out there uh, on the uh, market. But uh, we believe uh, that it makes sense only when we have the link uh, to the solution what uh, we are building here. And uh, just to add to that, <coughs> mm-hmm. uh, Akash, uh, I believe that uh, once at a single point of time, the onboard processor can hold uh, three or four different algorithms and uh, fr- from from the ground station itself, you can even send a new algorithm there, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that is also one of the advantages. So let's say a, a particular algorithm has solved its purpose and then there is no repeatability or customer is not there. We can send a new one there and then overwrite the other one and then we can service it. So that is also one of the advantages. Got it. Okay, makes sense. Um, I think what seems interesting for me is uh, the even the way you decided to use onboard processing. It's not because onboard processing was available. I think what you know what your strategy was because it makes business sense. Only then you incorporated onboard processing. So. You know, it was not a technology-driven decision. It all—it was all. It almost seems like it's a—it's a customer-driven decision or a business-driven decision. So it seems like that is the big 
difference that I'm hearing in terms of your strategy, um, in terms of how to incorporate not just onboard processing, but also deciding, you know, why to launch your own uh, satellite constellation. Um, yeah, it seems pretty interesting. And, you know, I've written about it before. And there are a couple of case studies in the industry that have, you know, gone on uh, and become vertically integrated in Earth Observation. So it's nice to hear your strategy. And so I'm wondering, are you also going to monetize the imagery that you're not going to use, like the unused capacity or... Is, is the data set going to be primarily for internal use? So, uh, like Karthik mentioned, uh, it's primarily uh, to meet uh, the internal requirements. Mm -hmm. But then uh, we will have some capacity available for uh, external partners, uh, which will be supplying the data at uh, a certain processing level, say to some uh, very large enterprise customers, followed by system integrators, service consultancies, or any of our partners uh, with whom we are looking to start and have started some conversation uh, uh, to estimate the demand as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but the priority for tasking uh, will remain with uh, Satsure uh, currently. Uh, and also like wh what I uh, believe is uh, any archive data uh, available at an affordable price point uh, to uh, different industries we, we can potentially unlock those new use cases and industry opportunities like uh, the, these newer uh, opportunities is actually good for uh, the whole uh, EO ecosystem itself. And uh, we look forward to uh, see how, how best uh, we can help the ecosystem as well. Got it. Uh, I'm wondering also from you know, from a company strategy perspective, how do you keep the inputs coming uh, from customers? So is that the is that the role of the Satcher Skies division to kind of keep, um, you know, keep hold of what the customers are asking and then, you know, convey that to the Caladio team? It's, it's the reason that I'm asking is, again, how do you keep your strategy and your roadmap uh, going? Because today you've decided that this is going to be your constellation, but do you keep getting continuous validation for your strategy or are you already seeing new um, requirements come in that might change the way the constellation evolves over um, over, over the next few years? Uh, <clears throat> right now, Whatever we have done and we have arrived at the particular design of the, the lens and sensors and uh, things like that is from our experience of customer learning which we did all through these years. Though we were not able to service them in the initial time we were but we exactly knew what they want. So what did we what we did is like we put all the requirements together in a, in a bucket list and then grouped it into certain categories of uh, uh, what do you say requirements and then we arrived at okay this is what uh, the customer requires largely let's say 75 to 80 percent of the time and also one of the things is where we are operating is our, our, our traditional industries let's say transmission lines as one of the examples which i mentioned Trans that industry is there since electricity was invented which is like hundreds hundreds of year old industry but even there there are there is a scope to you know improve a lot through geospatial analysis remote sensing analytics and all those stuff and also the other industry which I mentioned is banking. And uh, even in the recent uh, niche uh, industries like let's say solar uh, projects which, which spans across thousands of acres. But the pro project management is remains the same like constructing a substation or something like that where you put piece by piece and things like that. So there also we started servicing about continuous project monitoring. 
but the fundamentals remains the same about like how to monitor a project right so up to now i don't think there will be a change in our requirements from the product side to caladio regarding what would be their upcoming fleet or a modified fleet uh, but if that is the case uh, any options to handle that akash <laughs> uh, yeah like i mean uh, we uh, are definitely looking to go for a very high resolution maybe in the next uh, uh, generation uh but uh, at this stage uh we are not looking to uh, diversify in other types of uh, sensors uh, say uh, hyperspectral sar or, or any other uh, in that case because we predominantly use uh, optical data for our uh, solution i mean we, we do use sar data uh, for uh, one of our product called satcho signals where we reconstruct optical data from sar uh, just because uh, the optical data was obstructed by uh, cloud Uh, right. and we are also uh, looking to explore the use of hyperspectral data uh, to uh, add more value to our existing products for which we have partnership with uh, pixel uh, as a part of their early adopter uh, program sure. but yeah i i, re- I don't see any large scale change in the requirement uh, going ahead in the near near future and uh, will be uh, mostly optical multispectral data Got it. Okay, fair enough. Makes sense. Uh, last question on you know your whole satellite launching capability. Do you think that most downstream companies will have to launch satellites? Because from what I'm hearing, you know the supply of the imagery, you know, is not good enough. The pricing is not low enough to close the business case. Um, and the fact that you know some use cases require. um you to have you know the ownership of the data uh, makes me wonder if you know many successful downstream companies will end up launching satellites because they just think that it's a it's probably the way to go <laughs> i mean uh, i think i think it all depends upon uh, the strategy and the vision of the company itself right uh, and if there is a strong business case uh, to justify the requirements to own the source of the data uh for for which the company has to make the necessary investment in both capital and talent so that it can go ahead and vertically uh, integrate for, for us uh, it was purely a need based uh, decision uh, and uh, like it was also a luck like where i came in and my friend arpan came in like who had certain amount of background uh, working in uh, upstream so uh, it's all about focusing on core competencies Uh, and building around it and then deciding like what are the things that we basically need to outsource like i mean there is no need to build an entire satellite manufacturing capability here when we have so many operators out there who can do it much more efficiently than what we can right so i, I think it all boils down to the strategy and the vision uh, of the company itself yeah yeah and also you know you're not building your satellites like you mentioned you're taking advantage of what's out there from you know offered from the space industry uh, and you're only supplying the payload correct so it's also about optimizing you're not completely vertically integrating fair enough makes sense uh let's move on to a quick overview of what you think about the state of eo today we've talked a lot about 
you know, your motivation um, and why you decided to launch. So I just wanted to ask to to start with, what are your, star, you know, overall thoughts on the state of Earth observation today? Um, you know, I have a lot of opinions and I'm not, you know, I'm voicing it all the time. Uh, but I'm curious to hear, so being in a company that has been in the industry for a while um, and also based in India, do you have a different overview of the state of EO? Do you think, uh, obviously, you know, we learned that, because I have an opinion that there are too many data companies, but, you know, you brought an interesting perspective that, yeah, but, you know, they don't really fill our business case and fill our needs. So, you know, that was already like a new learning. So I'm wondering what are the other thoughts you have on the overall state of EO? I think we are in the emerging era of the uh, EO industry, uh, which is fueled by a lot of advances in uh, cloud computing, uh, the infrastructure surrounding it. Uh, the advances in uh, AI ML techniques to handle petabytes of data and how to make sense of it. Uh, and also the uh, evolution of uh, better technology on the upstream front, uh, such as uh, availability of compute resources on the satellite platform. And also the upcoming, say, the laser links or the inter-satellite links to downlink a large amount of uh, data uh, itself, right? Uh, but... Even though there's a lot of uh, innovation on both the ends, uh, what uh, we believe is there is still a need of uh, innovation in the downstream industry uh, because what I personally think is we need uh, more people uh, from outside the industry to come in uh, to identify those use cases or or, uh, uh, like business uh, cases which we might have not thought of because we have so much uh, deep dived into the current uh, use cases or the current problems uh, that we need an outsider's perspective to bring about those uh, or identify those radical end use cases where business scalability uh, can be achieved uh, itself, right? So that is one thing uh, that I uh, look at. Coming to your uh, comment on uh, uh, data supply, Yes, uh, as we talked about, uh, talked earlier, like we do have uh, quite a few uh, data companies, but uh, largely they are concentrated to only handful of companies like who provide a very good high quality uh, data and whose businesses are uh, restricted to their uh, anchor uh, tenants. But if you move away from optical uh, data, uh, I, I personally don't see any uh, or many companies in SAR hyperspectral thermal IR, like, I mean, we have three or four, or I guess like three on an average in each of those uh, uh, spectral ranges of data. But uh, in that uh, range uh, or the spectral ranges, there is definitely a dearth in the uh, intelligence companies because uh, all the uh, use cases that we see out of uh, optical data has emerged only because of the open data uh, program from Copernicus or Landsat. Uh, we still do not have a lot of data, say from say uh, hyperspectral or uh, thermal IR, uh, to understand what are the new use cases or what are the different businesses that we can build uh, out here. Yeah, I would not restrict my thoughts to just the availability of uh, data only. So. Uh, uh, when we started Satsure, we ventured into an area called Agri uh, Lending. 
it was a bold move from our side i would say to get satellite technology the remote sensing technology to solve a problem like agriculture so uh, i would only say that this is how bold people can start thinking and then applying or trying to solve uh, you know those particular use cases which which have been you know lying out there for many many years not only about the availability of data it's of it's picking the right data trying to put together certain other data sets and uh, you know getting the analytics out and uh, it's it's a it's a business decision what do you want to solve do you want to solve a mundane problem or do you want to solve the hardest of the hardest problem so i would say it's a mindset makes all right makes sense uh let's come to a few wrap up questions uh these are questions that i usually ask uh to guests so the first one is um what worries you about the state of earth observation today well uh i think on top of my mind uh, i can think of one thing uh, at this stage is a lot of eo companies uh like raising a lot of funds or going spac very early only to realize that it takes more than just uh, capital infusion uh, to build uh, successful products like be it, be it a hardware product or a software or analytics uh, product and uh, when such businesses fail uh, or do not perform as expected uh, i think it can create an apprehension among uh, the investor community which might further lead to unavailability or hesitation uh, in uh, deploying capital uh, in the eo industry uh, as a whole so uh, i think this is one major thing that i can uh, think of kartik uh, any thoughts here <laughs> yes uh, exactly so uh, any any industry in not only eo it is about like uh, how many companies are performing and how many companies are falling so uh, if if that ratio is skewed then uh, the the investment which is that is the primary for any business to run right so at least to even give a try in the initial days where we need support of vcs pes and everybody so to build their confidence there we have to show some success stories in this industry so as as a team not only sat sure that the other players who are in the market has to come together to you know keep keep this industry uh, solvent i would say Uh, and then once once the momentum picks up automatically uh, you know uh, things will move faster and uh, you know it will be uh, driven so why haven't we seen the level of adoption that we should if this uh, if earth observation is really so useful uh, why haven't you know the customers been interested in exploring ways about how to use it i think i mean it all depends upon uh, educating the uh, customers as well right i mean uh, we actually uh, indeed uh, sat around with one of the uh, transmission power line company uh, try to help them understand uh, or first first basically we try to understand what the problem is and then uh, try to help them understand uh, that yes like here is a case where we can use uh, the data from uh, satellites to solve your problem right uh, so uh, adoption of uh, eo data all depends upon uh, the requirement itself like uh, we as an industry should not uh, basically force someone to <laughs> adopt uh, the eo data where it, it was absolutely not necessary it's just about uh, talking uh, to more and more uh, different types of industries 
uh, understand their problems and uh, coming with our experience uh, and see if there is a case uh, to build a solution using earth observation data for, for example uh, i think uh, it was 3 years back or 4 years back i don't really remember exactly the day, uh, uh, year but uh, government of india uh, had a very large uh, conference uh, or i would say a get together like where they invited uh, every other uh, ministry uh, and uh, basically talked uh, about what the problems are and you had uh, isro uh, and uh, the national remote sensing uh, center out there trying to understand their problems and see if uh, any of the problems can be solved using earth observation data so we need more of these uh, user workshops uh, and involve a lot of people uh, from uh, uh, industries which are not at all linked with uh, satellite or launch vehicles or be it anything related to remote sensing etc only then uh, we will be able to unlock those uh, newer use cases and help the customers uh, to adopt uh, uh, solutions which are uh, based on uh, earth observation data so uh, let me add a little bit here <coughs> so the transmission uh, uh, asset owner company example which akash was uh, telling us see they are not going to come to us and tell this is our problem you can solve it through the satellite like this it is because it is easy for us to go and learn their processes how they are solving uh, in currently the the, the process uh, the projects which they are running but they will not be able to come and learn satellite technology and tell us how this is how you should solve, right? So as a decision intelligence company, it, it becomes our mandate to learn about the different domains where we are working in depth and then pro start building solutions for those problems around the EO data. So it, it, it works like that, not the other way. Fair enough. Makes sense. Last question. What's coming up for Caladio in the next, uh, let's say, year or so? Uh, when are you launching your satellites, and what are your what are the milestones that you're looking forward to? I, I think statistically, uh, we all know that uh, milestones. When we talk uh, talk about milestones in upstream industry, uh, it's always uh, blurry. Sure, <laughs> but uh, we are taking a staggered approach uh, to uh, realize our mission. So uh, this year is going to be exciting for us where we are looking to demonstrate our algorithms or models on existing edge platforms uh, or platform providers who are available out there. Uh, and uh, we are also looking to uh, have an aerial testing of a modified version of our uh, payload, uh, basically which will validate uh, different uh, imaging modes and uh, de-risk certain systems uh, within the payload uh, itself. Uh, and also kickstart uh, our uh, satellite uh, uh, bus uh, like contract uh, which basically is like a 18 month to 24 months like essentially like a two years thing to reach a stage where we go ahead and uh, put it on a launch vehicle so we are looking at around uh, in uh, q1 q2 of uh, 2025 to launch our uh, four satellites and uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be an exciting year ahead for us. All right. I also wanted to kind of quickly ask about the recent uh, announcement about the investment from three major banks in India. 
what else can you tell about us? Because that seemed like a pretty exciting announcement. A, because, you know, finally, you know, it looks like Earth Observation is starting to go a little more mainstream uh, and banks are starting to look at this technology seriously. So what else can you tell us about that announcement and the partnership? It's not just because of the investment we say that the banks have uh, taken it uh, seriously. Actually, the three banks with who have invested in us is our customer for the past three years. So the trust and the solution, the level of value they saw in the industry made them to come and invest in Satchor, uh, no, to take uh, take Satchor's vision uh, along with theirs uh, to the next level. So uh, we... If we, if you look at our other portfolio investors, they are also at one point of the time they were our customers. They worked with us, or they have been closely observing the work of uh, Satchor, and then they came in as investors. So it is a pretty good validation for us when your long-term customers wanted to invest in your company. That means they have definitely seen the value in in the products we have built and the value which we have created for them over the years working with them all right sounds good uh anything else that we want to that you want to add or anything else we missed or any other topic uh, we covered a number of subjects and topics over the conversation but if you want to add anything else i don't know like i just have uh, one question to you uh, maybe you can add your opinion here uh, is do you think we will ever have uh, a time or uh, where earth observation data is so natural in the back end of everyone's life like say just like a gps data like nobody even realizes that it comes from satellites right uh, i mean if if we will ever go reach that position and uh, i think that i personally believe that if we reach that position where we have solutions uh, in everyday lives but nobody even realizes that they're using data from uh, space. Uh, th- that should be a big win for the EO, EO industry as a whole. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's already a case study of uh, weather, which I always point to. Um, it is the most successful Earth observation application uh, that is never talked about. <laughs> that's that's the, that's the fact. Um, but apart from weather, which has been around for uh, you know a few decades, uh, I think there are some use cases where we already start to see that happen. Again, it's it's very focused on the atmospheric front. So whether you're looking at air pollutions or emissions, etc. But then from an imaging point of view, I think people are not going to be interacting with images more so than what they're doing with Google Maps. Um, so they're probably not going to interact with imagery, but then they're probably going to interact with image uh, insights. So the example that I always give is People will look at, uh, you know, a property risk index in the next 10 years before they make an investment of buying a house. And that index of whether it's a good place to buy or not will be derived from satellite data because you're going to use elevation models, uh, flood maps, um, you know, how much rainfall has occurred, uh, how this area has changed over a period of time, um, you know, how the soil around the houses, all of that is going to come and determine that property risk score. Um, And I think people will start to use that. So that's one area where I think we'll see a lot of usage. Um, But from a mainstream point of view, from a B2C point of view, you know, we need to create, uh, you know, innovative applications or find ways to integrate satellite data because this property risk index that I'm talking about already kind of exists. You know what I mean? So it's it, from a B2C point of view, we need to find ways to plug in uh, into existing use cases uh, and, of course, create new applications. 
I think we're probably five years out from that world, um, just based on the kind of data we have coming down uh, and satellites that are going to be launched and also looking at, yeah, software, uh, sorry, the ML capabilities today. So we're probably, yeah, three to five years out. But then at that point, we should probably start seeing the mainstream usage of uh, EO. That's kind of what I think. But yeah, that's a, that's more of a thesis than a, than a proper fact. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we, we are looking forward to that as well because uh, similarly, like property risk index, we are uh, de- deriving certain indices for uh, like credit score itself. Sure, where, exactly. Uh, the clients don't use, uh, require the image data, but uh, like looking to see if this goes mainstream, uh, that is when uh, we think that, yeah, like it, that is when we have actually made it as an industry. Yeah, no, 100%. I think uh, that's the future we are hopefully looking forward to. Uh, brilliant thanks uh, thanks Akash thanks Kartik thanks for being on the podcast this was um, yeah this was very interesting and yeah it was great to know more about what you're building and what's coming yeah uh, thanks Arvind it was a pleasure thank you thanks Arvind see you again.